They design and build quality products that meet and exceed the desires and demands of all anglers, which provide maximum strength, confidence, and long-term reliability while you're out fishing. From trout to cow bluefin tuna, there is an FS rod that will meet your needs at a very affordable price. Don't forget, custom orders are available too. Visit fishingsyndicate.com to check out the lineup or visit the shop in La Habra Tuesdays through Saturdays. And don't forget to grab some of the FS swag as well. Get syndicated. How was your day yesterday? Very mellow. You know, we just stayed home, um, tried to beat the traffic. We're going to actually, just talking here, you know, before the show, we're going to go up tomorrow to L.A. to see the uh, the grandma. Hopefully beating some of the L.A. traffic. Probably not too much of it, though. <laughs> you got to go visit grandma. That's Always. for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> nice, nice. Where She's from in L.A.? Or yeah, Santa Monica. That's where my dad grew up. That's kind of how we got started at fishing, actually. He, oh. was, um, he started going down, pinheading on the Marina Del Rey boats, the Betty O., Shout nice. out Betty O. That's one of the oldest sport fishing boats on the coast. I think it turned 100 last year. Yes, I remember crazy. that. I remember that. And you know what's crazy? This is kind of a side, but like the Betty O, I just randomly did a recent, like a, like a Google search of it. Yeah. And it was originally a ferry boat to Catalina Island back. Yes. And they would do all sorts of things. And then I think in like the the 40s, maybe, it was it was like re redone as a fishing boat. And ever since it was, you know, Slaying the rock god. You know, it's interesting that you say that because I I think they have a I think they have a plaque on that boat saying that saying exactly that where it used to be no this kidding. and that and it's I mean it's got a crap ton of history. It's that's crazy. for sure. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, grandma doing great. <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, Marina Del Rey. My dad grew up there. It was cool. Also, the uh, the gentleman is another classic boat. Yes, that was in the uh, Channel Islands. Yes. Have you fished um, that? No, it was. Uh, it looks real interesting though, with the round, round stern. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, but that's what my the two boats my dad kind of grew up on. That's cool. It was cool. That's that's awesome, man. Well, before we get started, make sure to uh, go follow us on Instagram at CCA California. Um, we actually just uh, this episode we're debuting on YouTube. So if you're uh, watching us on YouTube, hello. 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 Sit, wave to the camera, Nate. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. We're, uh, we're testing new things out, so uh, more to come in 2024 for sure. But without further ado, bay fishing. We came in here sure. to talk a little bit about bay fishing yes. and uh, just to get some content going. But okay. uh, I know you've been doing a lot of um, videos from BD Outdoors and all that stuff on bay fishing. Mm-hmm. Um, you in particular, you love the halibut, don't you? I love it all. You know, I love yeah. halibut in particular because they're a little bit more of a challenge. Yeah. Um, I was just kind of talking to my buddies about this. If I were to pick my favorite fish, it's got to be the spotties. Spotted mm. bay bass. I just, I'll never get tired of them. Yeah. You know, I think the only time I'm ever annoyed with the spotty is when I am drifting live bait for halibut. <laughs> and it gets like bendo, you know, and you think of it's course. the one and it's like a, a good spotty, but you're like, oh, <laughs> but um, yeah, love, love the bay. San Diego yeah. Bay in particular, you know, all the bays have their own kind of appeal. I think the mm-hmm. the more northern bays, I think in terms of bass fishing, are better. Mm-hmm. They've got you know more variety of the three species. I think they have bigger calicos, bigger sand bass, bigger spotties up in like Newport and Huntington in LA. Mm-hmm. Uh, but San Diego's got the variety. 
You know, yeah. we've got all these different species, especially in the back. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got, first of all, the sharks and the rays and the guitar fish and stuff that if you want to target is super fun. But also mm-hmm. there's bonefish, there's corvina, the spotties, obviously. There is sand bass and calicos, but you got to kind of target them specifically more in the northern bay. Sure. And then obviously the halibut. It's a pretty phenomenal yeah. inshore halibut fishery. Huh, interesting. So l- since you started it, let's start with San Diego Bay. Sure. Um, typically, you know, I've only really only fished or I've spent most time um, fishing north of the uh, bridge mm-hmm. and uh, going over the Navy base and then obviously all the way out to the jetty and all that. You know, most cons- or I guess most productivity and everything as terms of just variety of species. What, uh, you know, to a newbie or to a beginner and all that, where are you typically targeting first or going and working the area in San Diego Bay? Yeah, sure, that's actually a good question. I mean, it depends completely on the time of year. Sure. And, um, you know, we're kind of in a transition point right now in the fall. But, you know, in the in the winter, I would say you're going to be focusing mainly on the back part of the bay, south of the bridge. And back there, it's not that hard to figure out once you get onto a basic pattern. And the pattern back there is all about finding structure and depth. And really the only structure out there is channel edges. You know, I call structure just like a, a difference in, in, in depth, right? So like out there, it's real dramatic. You'll go from three or four foot, you know, flats, and it drops like a wall down to about 25. So you look at those little different points, you look at the corners of those edges, you look for the deepest points of those channels, and you kind of maybe drag a bait through there, you kind of bump bottom like that, mm-hmm. and you start to kind of initiate a little bit of a pattern. Yeah. And also, you know, the further back you go, you can fish those those shallow flats, and at certain times and at certain tides, the spotties can be absolutely wide open out there. Nice. So that's kind of the wintertime strategy. As the water starts warming up, you can fish that that North Bay section, you know, launching out of Shelter Island and, and fishing around the Navy base. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say you've got to be just kind of hopscotching around and really keep track of water temp, depth, and current. Those are the three kind of main players that really play into a good bay bite mm-hmm. is that, you know, at certain times of the tide, the bass bite better. Certain times of the tide, the halibut bite better. You know, but moving water is typically when I fish bass. Slack tide is typically when I'm focusing on the halibut. Um, and tide, you know, sorry, um, depth is another one. You know, it's the fish will be all around, but they're going to be more keen to different presentations at different depths that I've seen. Mm-hmm. So, like the shallow fish, throw a paddle tail up there. What also one of my favorite baits is a, is a shallow running crankbait, like a a square bell, you know, like the KVD, like one point five square bell mm-hmm. is epic, and you get such like aggressive bites on that. You know, yeah. another one is the um, the uh, spinning. I mean, the chatterbait, yeah, but I'm, I'm thinking of um, kind of blanking. <laughs> a spinnerbait. Yeah, yeah. I'm just on the tip of my tongue. Spinnerbait. I yeah. know some, like the, uh, the warbait spinnerbait is awesome, especially oh, yeah. in Mission Bay. That's a killer. It's productive. It's productive, but that's kind of my shallow running stuff. When I go a little bit deeper, the submission jigs work great, yeah. but the thing about them is that they're a pretty small profile, so it that's works kind of for and against you sometimes. You know, yeah. like when the bait is really small, it really helps kind of like match the hatch, you know? But when they're eating bigger sardines or when there's like, you know, bigger smelt out there, you just kind of tend to just pick through a lot of little ones before you get a bigger one on that. Mm -hmm. So when that happens, a five-inch gulp um, jerk shad, white sardine, something like that on like a three-eighth ounce bullet head, and you cast that out ahead of the boat and you just bump bottom with it, sometimes that can be just as effective as a live bait. Hmm. And I'm talking halibut. Interesting. But also bass, you know, because they all live in the same area. 
Were you, were you getting into the, uh, not the phenomenon, but the popularity of slow pitch when it was like maybe the last year or two? Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally. It's in the bay, you know, I haven't really taken up too much of it. I'm just doing it like a spinning rod, you know, I'm not, I'm mm -hmm. just kind of bouncing on, on different edges and stuff. Right. But like offshore, dude, it's so much fun. Like <laughs> even just like out on the local kelp, like rocks and stuff, or just like reefs and things. Right. Um, this past summer, I was doing that actually. Me and a buddy were doing that a couple of times up in the Oceanside ARs, but also in Data Point. Hmm. And really, really fun fishing. All nice. on metal jigs, all on these real floppy rods, you know. So you get like this 16 or 17-inch sand bass, which mm -hmm. out there is fairly common, actually. And I was pretty surprised by that. The good hmm. graded fish. Um, and you, you drop down a 40 or 60-gram jig, and they inhale that thing. And it's a great time. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. And this is all on your on your skiff or on your boat, right? Yeah, I got a little Lund. So it's a, it's a Lund um, 1775 Adventure. So it's almost 18 feet. It's a little aluminum center console, mm -hmm. deep V, killer boat, killer nice. boat. But, you know, I mean, you can get out there on the bay with, with anything. Yeah. Well, I was just going to say, so this is per, uh, in particular on your boat, but, I mean, kayak anglers, can, this can apply to almost everyone. Absolutely, kayak anglers. Um, when you're fishing from the shore, I would say San Diego Bay has some of the best opportunities around yeah. um now i haven't done a ton of shore fishing at the different bays so I, i'm not the best source for that mm -hmm. but i have done just like even just like on the shelter island kind of area there if you just walk the rocks and you're casting at a certain tide i had a little ripper day before i was gonna go <laughs> fishing bluefin yeah and i showed up like an hour early because he's in kona kai uh, i was like yeah. i'm just gonna cast her out <laughs> and i ended up catching two halibut and like three bat rays nice. and i was like oh my god this is so cool so the thing about that, though, is that you really want to start looking at, like, the topo maps, especially when you're a shore angler, because there's some shorelines that are directly adjacent to a very steep drop-off. Explain to us what a topo map is. Yeah, yeah. So, like, Navionics is a great site. Gotcha. Basically, okay. it shows you depth lines, and it gets very, very detailed. And when you look at that, that really kind of gives you an idea of what the bottom looks like. Mm -hmm. And you can really start to, first off, it gains you confidence, but you can really start to kind of pick apart the different areas you're fishing mm -hmm. and know exactly why those fish are there. And that applies for a boat, too. Yeah. Like, it's crazy. I was, you know, catching halibut in this one particular area, one after an hour, and then mm -hmm. one trip over and again. And I checked the map, and no kidding, there's this little edge right there that mm -hmm. kind of drops off. And you want to keep note of that. Yeah. And kind of think of that as a pattern where... If there's a slight edge at 22 feet that drops to 24, if you see that at one point in the bay and it's biting and you see a very similar kind of structure, maybe half a mile down somewhere else, fish mm -hmm. that. Because those fish are going to be locating on those areas all throughout the bay and you can develop those patterns to put together a two or three fish day. Nice. I'm, I'm talking halleys, you know. Nice. Yeah. I always remember, you know, I, I've done a little bit of halibut fishing in the bay, uh, you know, probably the last time I did it was maybe a year or two ago. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to those ledges, kind of like what you said earlier, where it like just drops off from whatever, 20 feet all the way down to 50 feet yeah. and that shelf, all, more often than not, I've been super productive just fishing that shelf, going up and down oh, yeah. along the side, even and it's right in between those buoys. The buoy markers are like clutch. When it yeah. comes to, to the drifts for halibut. Absolutely. You know, it's crazy. You know, looking at the maps and looking at the buoys and kind of like piecing everything together, mm -hmm. you'll start seeing that like the buoys mark not only the edges of the channels, but also points. Mm -hmm. There's underwater points that you don't, you never know what were there that are just like dug into the sand way, way deep. 
you know, it dropped from 30 feet and it goes to this little like point and then it goes to 50. Yeah. And right there on that little pinnacle is always going to be a fish magnet. You know, that goes for all types of inshore fishing. Mm -hmm. Points are always points of, you know, areas of interest for fish. And, um, and yeah, so use the buoys, especially in the back bay. Look at the markers, you know, and they're all numbered. Mm -hmm. You know, there's red ones and there's green ones and they all have numbers. Use that, you know, keep yeah. track of where you're catching fish. Um, and just get, you know, if you kind of find something that works, try to kind of repeat it or do that drift again because more often than not, there's going to be more down there. Do you do you have that Navionics app? I do. Oh, it's worth the 25 bucks a year without, oh, yeah. without a doubt. There's another one called iBoating Marine. Okay. It's not quite as advanced. It doesn't mm -hmm. have as many like depth lines, but it's free and it's awesome. Nice. And it, it gives you basically the same stuff. It's like the light version. Oh, okay. So, gotcha. yeah, iBoating Marine, it's, it's that's super helpful. I use it all the time on the bay. Nice, nice. And I mean, specifically with the Navionics, it's like you can track your track lines, you can track mm -hmm. your speed. I mean, it goes into so much detail. It's and super cool. Yeah. <laughs> Hell, even on land. I've done that before. I've tried <laughs> For sure. Yeah. <laughs> Just driving around San Diego. I'm like, oh, crap. Forgot that. Go on a hike or something. You can check your report. Yeah. Yeah. Your yeah. So, you know, with us being in the fall time, almost getting into winter and all that, a lot of people kind of hang up the uh, hang up the rods, hang up the tackle for the year and saying, oh, Thanksgiving just passed. What is your mes message to those guys in terms of bay fishing? There's plenty of opportunity still, right? Oh, we're just getting started. Yeah. Yeah, this is kind of the beginning of it, you know, at, at least for the back bay, which is some of my favorite fishing, mm -hmm. um, because a lot of the times, first off, the crowds are a lot thinner. Um, there's not as many people out there. Um, like I was saying, once you piece together a sort of pattern, you'll look at the tides and you'll be like, all right, this upcoming Sunday, we got a great falling tide. We're going to start there. We're going to work our way back, you know? Mm -hmm. And as the saying goes with tides too, you want to follow it in, you want to chase it out. And I've seen that actually to be very, very true. And what I mean by that is, at, at, the, at the lower tide, you want to be at your kind of your northernmost spots, kind of by the mouth of the bay. And as it's, you basically want to be going in with the tide, following in, going deeper as it rises up. And so top of the bay, incoming tide, and yeah. then is it the exact opposite? Yeah, so out? at the very top of the tide, as it starts to go back, that's when you want to start in the back and you want to work your way forward. Oh, and because all of that stuff from the very back, there's all these, all these like, salt evaporators and these like you know ponds in the very back of the bay at the low tide those all drain out and all of the krill and all of the stuff that live back there drains throughout the bay and mm -hmm. it all funnels through these little inlets through the back bay and if you're there at the right tide it can be absolutely wide it can be super super big for all sorts of things yeah and um and yeah this is kind of the time when they start to bite um in terms of halibut i would say that the best times of year that I've seen is going to be February and March. February in particular being my best month. Hmm. So, you know, just as kind of a sign, you know, yeah. this is, um, they're going to start biting for sure. Um, and, and the weather is kind of staying pretty moderate this year so far. I'm crossing my fingers. But yeah. last year, I did not do very much halibut fishing or bay fishing at all just because it was raining about oh, once a week. It was dumping every day. So <laughs> it was it was rough, you know. But this this summer, I pieced together a real good pattern. I'm, I'm still kind of on them. Mm -hmm. I kind of want a dry spot for the flat ones, though. I'm mm. doing great with bay bass. I'm, I'm, you know, averaging 20 to 40 fish a, a trip. Nice. But... With the halibut, I've I've haven't caught a legal in like two months, hmm. but you know that kind of comes with the that's a dry spell for you. It's just whatever, it a little bit, <laughs> a little bit. yeah. But yeah, 
you know, it's, it's such a fun fishery. It's just, you know, you get out there, it's calm water. It feels mm -hmm. like a lake yeah. and uh, you can just kind of relax and catch a bunch of fish. Do you ever do nighttime fishing in the bay? A couple of times. I want to do it more. I yeah. kind of want to do like a, like a lobster nighttime. Oh, that'd like, be cool. Like bass trip, you know, like my buddies want to go diving and mm -hmm. I'm not huge on lobster, but I love fishing bass, especially at nighttime. So, um, I do it all the time from the shore, but, be, uh, it'd be fun. Huh. It'd be super fun, especially in like a nice calm night, you know? Right. Right. I know, uh, our good friend, Matt, Mr. Matt Florentino, mm -hmm. he, you've been following him the yeah. last couple of days. He's been getting those tankers. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. Can you imagine those fish? <laughs> I want to. Yeah. I'd love to catch those things. That's something yeah. that I really haven't. That's a, a fishery in San Diego Bay that I really am going to focus on this year is, is the bigger sand bass fishing. Mm, um, okay. Because that all takes place in the North Bay. And that completely goes exactly against what I just said, that you want to focus <laughs> in the back. Um, there's plenty of fish to be caught in the North Bay, but you got to go real deep. you got to go 50 or 60 feet. you got to focus on that main channel as it's coming out, mm -hmm. um, especially like around Ballast Point. And um, the the baits, I, I'm still figuring that out. You know, hmm. I, I'm sure it's not that hard. You yeah. know, it's bass. You just want to get it down there. Flukes, you know, I'm probably, this, this, the submission jigs, I'm sure it would kill it. Yeah. Um, but that is something I'm going to start working on for sure. Well, to that point, Nate, I, I mean, I think it just with almost anything, any type of fishery where you just have to put in your time and mm -hmm. to actually just figure out, okay, where are the ledges? Where's the most productive spots? Where am I going to do the, you know, where's the tide going at what time? Mm-hmm. What you know, even even to an extent, like what what docks are hitting and what what aren't. Oh, it's crazy! Yeah, even the docks. Yeah, they'll they'll change like like by the week. Yeah, and even sometimes by the day. There'll be some lines of docks that'll have like every a fish on every piling. And mm -hmm. Then they come there the next week, and there's nothing there. It's <laughs> wild. So yeah, keeping track of that is, is key. Yeah, yeah. It just takes time. It yeah. is. So that's San Diego Bay. You know, since we're in San Diego, let's go up north, Mission Bay. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people. It'll, Maybe not a lot, but most people like to give them give it a little bit of crap just because of the um, in opportunity up there, or it's very slow or whatnot. But it still bites. It does. It's harder to figure out. I think when you're really tuned into Mission Bay, mm -hmm. you'll catch just as many or if not more fish than you would in San Diego. Okay. Um, I think it's it's a different approach though because it's different structure. Right. Not nearly as deep. There's really no edges. There's no, There's very few channel channels. Mm -hmm. When you go to the back, it's all eelgrass. So what I found about mission is that you want to be really looking at current and health of eelgrass and bait. So like the real dead grass that's kind of in the back where it's just kind of still kind of just like murky water, mm -hmm. not the area you're going to be in. It's You're looking for those points or those those kind of avenues of, of water that have access to the, the open flow, you know, so there's a little bit of water movement in there mm -hmm. and the grass is a little bit more lively and always you're going to find a little bit more bait. You'll see bait going underneath the boat. You'll see it around you. And those are the kind of the signs that you're at least in the right area. And then you'll figure out what bait they want. Um, so the health of the, of the grass is pretty clutch. I think so. That also goes, that's a big largemouth thing. Yeah. Like when you look at like reeds and things, you want to be picking the, the healthiest looking reeds. And, and, you know, applying that to salt water, you want to be looking at the healthiest looking eelgrass. So kind of going around, if you're picking off really vibrantly green pieces of grass off your bait, not always a bad thing. Sometimes it's actually telling you you're kind of in the right area. Oh, okay. And in Mission, because it's so shallow, um, crankbaits work great there. Mm -hmm. um, I've, I've heard of some really epic crankbites. Um, a lot of like, a lot of blades. 
You know, like the Warblade is basically just like a swim jig that works mm-hmm. really good at Mission Bay. Um, underspins, you know, those kind of things because it's shallow. You're not, you're not really worried about depth so much. So mm-hmm. you can use a flashy swimmer almost anywhere and, and you can catch fish. Um, the halibut fishing in Mission Bay, don't ask me about because I've never caught one. <laughs> I, I'm, yeah, I've heard lots of stories. I've seen them. I know they're there, but I've mm-hmm. literally, I don't even think I've ever caught a short in Mission. Mm. Straight spotties for me. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Well, since you brought it up, crankbaits. Yeah. Do you like fishing them? I'm getting really into it. Yeah, I'm getting super into it. It's kind of this whole whole category of its own now for me. It's yeah. like it's really, really cool because you can fish them at basically any speed, at virtually any depth, mm-hmm. if you have enough crankbaits. And it gives you, uh, you know, it's first off a new way to catch the same fish, but it's also so much fun yeah. because they hit it for whatever reason so much more aggressively than they would a paddle tail or, you know, a soft plastic. Mm-hmm. And you can cover a lot of water really quickly and kind of use it as a search bait. And if they bite the crank a couple times, I know that they're pretty aggressive because they've got to be in a biting mood to, to bite it. Mm-hmm. How's your arm after a fishing crankbait? <laughs> you know, it all depends on your setup, actually. That's what I've been really kind really? of trying to, like, dial in is that um, I love fishing Phoenix rods. So I was using their their crankbait rod. It's called an, like an X11, and it was like a 10 to 25-pound cranking rod. Mm-hmm. And I just never really liked it that much. It was a real bendy kind of floppy rod. Mm-hmm. I got another one from Phoenix. It's called a Feather, um, and it's just a little bit more refined. It's, it's much more sensitive, and I put a slightly smaller reel on it. I have a Corrado 70 with like 20-pound braid or 15-pound braid, and I can feel every single movement of that crankbait now, yeah. and it's real cool because I can like feel it wobbling, you know. And if it gets a piece of grass, I can know right away. Or if it gets bit, it like is very, very yeah. obvious. So I would say that if you're not super stoked on your crankbait fishing or you're not doing that well, maybe make fine tunings to your to your to your setup. Maybe put it on a different setup and just try it out. Mm-hmm. Because for me, that was like a game changer. Yeah, I got a new setup, and all of a sudden, I was like way more confident in the bait. I was trying it a lot more, mm-hmm. and lo and behold, I was catching more fish on it. And that kind of says that says a lot for almost any kind of fishing. Where it's like, okay, if you have the right setup, or if you fine tune it to your liking, it's a game changer. Absolutely, one hundred percent. Same thing with like jerk baits too. Yeah, like if you get like the really like an awesome jerk bait setup, you can be thwacking away at that thing. And you'll catch a whole bunch of fish when it used to be like this cumbersome, like not very fun technique because it like hurt you, you know? Mm, yeah. So, yeah, you know, crankbait fishing, it's something that I've really gotten. It's it's fun. Super fun. You, There's all these different kind of cranks you can get to. Oh, I know. You can, you can spend a fall, small fall. No, it's, it's, it's dangerous, oh, honestly. I know. <laughs> With, um, you know, do you like feeling every every little bump and nook and cranny on a, on a crankbait? Yeah, I do. You know, especially when I'm fishing around eelgrass and stuff, because a lot of the times you, the bait, the presentation is pretty much ruined as soon as you catch yeah. that grass. So mm-hmm. the ideal is that you want a bait that dives to the point where it's just ticking that tops of the grass. You don't want it digging into the mud because it's going to get snagged with right. stuff, every, especially in mission, like every single cast. You want something that's diving almost to the bottom and not quite. It's going to be about two feet off the bottom. So you so, have to know at what depth that crankbait actually goes. Oh, yeah. At, at all times. And it changes all the time, too. Like the tide will rise by a foot, and the crankbait that you've been killing it on all day is now a foot too high, and you're not going to catch any fish. Mm-hmm. So that's why having a variety of crankbaits, and that's why we're talking about it, it's freaking expensive sometimes because <laughs> you got to like build a, a crazy like collection of these things. Yeah. Um, but you have to kind of fine-tune it like that, and you'll – you know, and even like the diameter of your line will, will – 
vary the, the depth that your, that your plug will swim. So it's just kind of having some constants and then adjusting based on the condition until you find one that works and use it until it maybe doesn't and then maybe use one that's, you know, if you're getting snagged now, you know, maybe use one that's half a size smaller or maybe half a size bigger. Mm, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I, so I've fished crankbanks a little bit. Um, actually, speaking of the devil, Matt Florentino got me yeah. into it, Matt and Benny. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I've, I've been collecting them here and now and, you know, now and again and all that. But it's it's one of those things where it's just you gotta spend time in the water and just feel it out. Oh yeah, and that all it is. And I'm still fine tuning my gear. Yeah, I, I'm not exactly like in love with the setup that I use it now, but I will get there. I will get there. there. We go. Yeah, That's it it, uh, it helps when you have a buddy who works at a tackle store too. Exactly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that's awesome, mate. How much uh, with? With the holiday coming up, or I guess past, and now Christmas coming up, and all that stuff, mm-hmm. how much fishing are you going to try and do over the winter time? Um, we'll see. We'll see. Um, as much as I can, you know, course, yeah. as as everybody says, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to get out to the bay. Hopefully, maybe once a week. Um, That's pretty good. We're still kind of in the swordfish season. I'm going to do a swordfish deep drop this Sunday. So nice. we're kind of still on that. I might do a trout trip. There's also going to be some trout that are going to be plaques, you know, stocked in the lakes around here. Nice. It's not something I, I focus a lot of time on, but it's fun <laughs> to go out a couple of times. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, we'll see. You know, I'm still going to be working at the at PCBT. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to be doing a little more work with BD, it seems like. So nice. All good, good things. You. Yeah. Good for you. Mm-hmm. That's cool, man. Well, we have uh, we do have one last event coming up, the Toy Drive. Yes, we do. I'm super stoked about it. Me too. How about you? I'm super stoked about it. I mean, I've never really been a part of a Toy Drive before, but mm-hmm. my mom has. She she's been like around these kind of events mm-hmm. for years. This is kind of like what she does. So, <laughs> it, it. oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, I've been a part of like I've been like invited to these toy drives and I've seen it and it's always a super cool event. It's oh, for sure. great vibes. You know, people always bring more like above and beyond than you'd ever expect. Um, super cool. Yeah. yeah I'm excited yeah. for this one. I think this is number four or five of, for us. Awesome. Right on. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's always, you know, it's kind of like a feel good deal yeah. where, um, you know, we're collecting toys for the military families in San Diego. So it benefits nice. local families. Right on. Um, that's fantastic. And, um, you know, I think over time, we've gotten more and more successful. And, you know, we got to the point last year, we were over at BNS and, and all that. And we had, I think, three truckfuls of toys. Three truckfuls. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So the annual. Shout community, out BNS, too. They're yes. Awesome. Yes. Oh, they're my boys. Um, <laughs> I mean, when it comes to the angling community, when it comes to fishermen, fisherwomen, all that stuff, super generous with their time, with their toys, with their money and all that. And uh, it's almost like a good cause helping a good cause with CCA helping out with the toy drive and all that. We're always trying to help as much as we can. Absolutely. So it's a good event. Absolutely. Nothing good, nothing but good coming out of it. Yeah, yeah. And so we have a uh, fishing tournament correlated with it. Are you going to fish it? Of course I am. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Nice, nice. It's part of our Coastal Social Bass Series. So basically yes. you go to coastalsocial.org, register. It's uh, You register for free for this one, but your entry fee is an unwrapped toy. Boom. Yeah. There we go. Super simple. <laughs> um, but yeah, bring your toys uh, down to Dana Landing December 2nd. Um, from We're going to be there from around 8 a.m. to 12 p.m. 
we'll have lunch for everyone too and uh, collecting toys. And if you don't want to fish, still that's totally fine. You can still come by the land and drop off the toys. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be awesome. It'll be you fun. Know, say hi. You know, if you want to go fish some spotties, I'll be there. It's going to be, <laughs> hopefully the weather's going to be great. Yeah. Um, yeah. It'll be fun. Yeah. And uh, we'll be here uh, recording some podcasts too and just kind of, uh, you know, just talking. Hanging out. Hanging Absolutely. out. Exactly. Yeah. And it's going to be, you know, relatively short. Eight to eight to 12, nothing major cool. and all that. Dana Landing. And uh, it's going to be fun. It's always a good time. Always a good time. Yeah. Yeah. So make sure to go register coastalsocial.org. And um, yeah, it'll uh, it'll be fun. And we'll, we'll see you guys there. You'll get to see Nate, me, Darren, Tony, I think is coming. Mm-hmm. So bring your rods. Yeah. Bring your crankbaits. <laughs> Let's get it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. Since you brought it up. What do you what 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 do you think you're going to be fishing that day? Or what do you think? I mean, I'll bring a variety of things. Yeah. Um. You know, in terms of like slow baits, I one of the baits that I've really kind of gotten turned on to is some type of shrimp nid setup. So there's a couple hmm. different ones. Gulp has a really good shrimp bait. Z-Man has a really good shrimp bait. A lot of companies have shrimp baits because shrimp gets bit everywhere. Hmm. But especially in Mich- in uh, in San Diego and Mission Bay. Um, ghost shrimp is a huge part of these fish's diet. So when you're kind of struggling with the paddle tails or if you're not getting bit on like bait fish presentations, mm-hmm. having a craw or a shrimp on the bottom and you cast that out and you're just bumping bottom really slow can actually get you a lot of bites. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times that's a really good way to get some variety too. Talking about, you know, corvinas and especially bonefish. Right. Um, they are primarily shrimp eaters. So mm-hmm. probably going to have a shrimp hat on. Probably gonna have a paddle tail with a little cool baits underspin. That's like a classic of mine. Interesting. High tech. Um, crank baits. I love the Berkeley Dredger. Uh, they're a little bit more affordable. The Strike King 3XD works really well. The 5XD works well. Mega Bass work well, but again, they're like $20. So I'm not gonna, <laughs> I'm not gonna you know, push them too hard. But, you know, they all work. You mm-hmm. wanna kind of target. What like I said, it's all about mostly depth. If you get that bait that's running super well and it's taking the tops of the grass, mm-hmm. it's those fish are going to have a tough time saying no. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's awesome, man. Thanks for coming in. I know Absolutely. it's uh, Black Friday, and uh, you know a lot of. I swear, I, I pulled in the parking lot, and there was like it was a ghost town. I'm like, I know, I've never seen this empty before. Are we not working today, or is this a holiday too? <laughs> right. Yeah. I guess it's turned into one. But. Yeah, for sure, man. <laughs> Nate, um, before we get going here, name off your socials and all that, and sure. how people uh, get a, get a hold of you. Yeah, yeah. Nat Geo Two Eleven is my Instagram handle. So um, cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, you can also find me at Pacifico's Bait and Tackle. I do all of their uh, like social kind of stuff there and uh nate win outdoors is my youtube account i'm mm. posting little clips from my fishing so if you want to follow me follow those three stoked for you guys thank you for uh tuning in staying uh staying around till this yeah see you in the next one yeah for sure we're uh you know we're gonna say goodbye on youtube by youtube see you youtube yep and uh we will see you guys next week take care